Now, as we begin to wrestle with this question about who made God, um, I, I think I think our verse before us answers it pretty succinctly. Who made God? The answer to that is no one made God. Say, all right, now let's go home or go to Cracker Barrel or something and, and get some food. Uh, but I, I, I want to kind of expand this out a little bit because the Bible is very clear that God is not a creature. He is not created. The Bible says that God is the creator. So the first fundamental truth I want you to see is that God existed before the beginning. God existed before the beginning. Now, as, as we examine this question, we begin to think through it a little bit. Uh, I, I think that one of the most helpful things we can do is recognize the idea or the assumption behind the question of who made God. Now, I, I just want you to think about it. What is the assumption that underlies the question, who made God? Now, the, the, the underlying assumption, the underlying uh, uh, reason that we ask that question is because we believe that every effect has a cause. We believe that, that everyone and everything comes from someone and somewhere, right? And therefore, since God exists, since He is alive, therefore we believe He must have come from somewhere, from somebody that has made Him. And let's face it, on the surface, that makes sense, doesn't it? Because everything that we see, everybody that we meet, has an origin. Everybody that we see, everything that we touch, everything that we look at, it all comes from somewhere. It is an effect that had a cause. If you were, uh, every person, for instance, has a mommy and daddy. If mommy and daddy weren't mommy and daddy, you wouldn't be here. And the reason they were there is because they had a mommy and daddy. And go back and back and further and further it goes. And so everyone and everything that we see has an origin. And it, it depends on someone or something else for its existence. I mean, we, we depend on our parents. We depend on food. We depend on water. We depend on clean, breathable air. But understand that God is different. God is not part of the created order. God is outside of and before creation. He's in a different category. Now, I want you to look at that verse again. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now, what does it say? It says that God created all things. When, he, when it says heaven, the heavens and the earth, that's talking about them and everything that's in them. Kind of like when we talk about uh, both the big and the small, we're not talking about the big and the small to the exclusion of the medium size, right? We're talking about the big and the small and everyone in between. And so when it talks about God creating the heavens and the earth, it doesn't mean the earth but not the fish. Or the or, or the or space but not the stars. This talking about everything that is God made. He made everything that exists except for Himself. Now, 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 now to do that, it, this seems obvious, but but to do that, He has to be outside of creation, right? He has to exist before creation. Whenever creation was, whenever that was, God was already there. Now, there's a big debate: is is the 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 earth young? Is the earth old? And I was just listening to a, a little bit of a debate before I came down here. That's how I spend my days, is, is listening to people argue sometimes. And, uh, and, and they were discussing this idea of old earth versus new earth. As it, as it approaches this question, that doesn't really matter. What matters is, whenever it happened, God was already there. It doesn't matter if it was a, a yesterday or if it was a million years ago. God existed before the beginning. Now, how could that be? It can only be because God alone <clears throat> is completely and utterly independent. God is independent. Now, we all know people that think themselves independent, don't we? 
I mean, strong, strong-minded people. They say, well, I'm a self-made man. I'm an independent woman. And, and we have this idea, maybe you have this idea in your mind, that you don't depend on anyone or anything. You're your, you're, you're your own person. You may think that you're independent, but I just encourage you to not eat for a week, and we'll see how independent you really are. We all depend on someone or something, and ultimately we depend on God for our existence. But God doesn't depend on anyone or anything for his existence. In theological terms, and I'm getting ready to drop a a term on you that I was unfamiliar with. In theological terms, theologians say that that God alone has aseity. Aseity. Now that's a word you probably have never heard in your life. It's a Latin word. It comes from a Latin word that means that it's the Latin word ase, which means out of himself. God exists out of himself. In other words, he doesn't depend on someone else. He has life within himself. God is the source of life. He is the one who bestows life on other people or on other creatures. God alone has a saity. He never gets old. <clears throat> he never gets tired. Sometimes I look at <clears throat> excuse me, I look at young kids and I say, "Boy, I wish I had that much energy." You ever feel like that? And I know I know I used to have that much because people used to say that about me. They would look at me and say, whew, and you never know it now by the way that I mope around, but I used to have lots of energy. <clears throat> and I look at it and I say, boy, I wish that I had that much energy, but if I did, my body wouldn't know what to do with it. But you know what? God never gets tired. Now, kids, they'll eventually run out of gas. They may go 100 miles an hour until they do, and then they're out, but that doesn't des- describe God. He doesn't get tired. He never has a birthday. God never gets hungry. He never gets weak. He's never in need of anyone or anything. God is perfectly, totally, utterly self-sufficient. He doesn't depend on anyone or anything in creation. Instead, creation depends on Him. Now, in Acts chapter 17, uh, Paul went to Athens. You remember this story? He went to Athens and he saw all these idols. I mean, the city was filled with them. And he went and he went to a place called Mars Hill and he began to speak to the people and he said, you know, I see that you're religious people. You have a, an idol to, uh, to this God and an idol to that God. And just to make sure you cover your bases, you even have an idol to an unknown God. Well, I'm going to tell you this, this God that you don't know, I'm getting ready to tell you, tell you all about it. Now, in that conversation in Acts chapter 17, here's what Paul says. In, um, he says, in him, in God, we live and move and have our being. We depend on Him. He doesn't depend on us. Now let me just show you a couple more passages that highlight this truth. And I don't mean to belabor the point, but I, it's, it's important that we really grasp hold of this. And if you, if you write any of these things down, I'd encourage you to write down John chapter 1, verses 1 to 3. You probably are familiar with it. Uh, well, I'm just going to hit some of these things pretty quickly, so we're not going to have time to turn there. But I would encourage you to jot them down and, and look at them later if you want. But John chapter 1, verses 1 to 3, it says, In the beginning... What's the Word? You remember this? And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. Verse 3, all things came into being through Him. And apart from nothing, uh, and, and apart from Him, nothing came into being that has come into being. Now I want you to notice verse 3 again. All things came into being through Him, and apart from Him, nothing has come into being that has come into being. In other words, everything other than God has come into being. They're in one category. They're in one column. God's in a whole other category. Everything else is creation. He is creator. 
Two totally different categories. They depend on Him. He does not depend on creation. Romans chapter uh, 11, verse 36. It says, For from Him, and through Him, and to Him, are all things. To Him be the glory forever. Amen. Colossians chapter 1, verses 16 and 17 says, For by Him, by Christ, for by Him all things were created, both in the heavens and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authority. All things have come, all things have been created through Him and for Him. He is before all things, and in Him all things hold together. Now, did you catch that? He, God is the, is the origin of all things. God is the one who created all things, but not only does he, did He create all things, he, he currently sustains all things. All things hold together in Him. Hebrews chapter 1, verse 3, speaking of Christ, says, And He is the radiance of His glory and the exact representation of His nature and upholds all things by the word of His power. John chapter 1, verse 4, says, speaking of Jesus, says, In Him was life. John chapter 5, verse 26, says, For just as the Father has life, in himself. Remember Exodus chapter 3, verses 13 and 14. Moses is walking along out in the, out in the wilderness. He sees a bush that's burning, but not burned up. And he goes over there, and, and, and God speaks to him from the bush. And he says, I'm going to send you to the sons of Israel. And what does Moses say? Well, if I go, they're going to say, who sent you? And what does God say? In verse uh, Exodus chapter 3, verse 14, God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, Thus you shall say to the sons of Israel, I am has sent me to you. Now that is significant. I am. Not I was. I, not I shall be. Not I hope so. I am. God always is. He's ever present. No matter where you're at in history, God's there. God is present. Micah chapter 5 verse 2. Now this is something that we hear around Christmas time. Speaking of Jesus, a prophecy of Jesus. But as for you, Bethlehem, Ephrathath, too little to be among the clans of Judah, from you one will go forth for me to be a ruler in Israel. Listen to this. His going forth are from long ago, from the days of eternity. Before all this started, eternity, before the creation, however long that was, if we didn't even put a time on it, before that happened, Jesus was there. Jesus is God in the flesh. God was there. Daniel chapter 7 verse 9 talks about, he, he calls God the ancient of days. You get the idea. God does not depend on anyone or anything. God is self-sufficient. He has life in himself. He is the uncreated creator. He is the first cause. And not only did he create the universe, but he also sustains it day by day. If he would ever stop doing it, we would all cease to exist. From the smallest molecule to the largest galaxy. God upholds it all by His powerful Word. As Paul says, it is because of Him that all things hold together. And because of Him we have uniformity in nature. So we depend on Him for creation. We depend on Him for sustaining. And so the first truth that I want you to see is that God existed before the beginning. The second fundamental truth, and, and the next couple will be a little bit faster, than the, the second fundamental truth I want you to grab hold of is that God did not create because of a lack within Himself. God did not create because of a lack within Himself. 
Now, I've heard people say, and I'm sure you have too, things like, well, God made the angels, or usually it's, it's God made man. Why? Because he was lonely. You ever heard that? God made man because he was lonely. Or they might say or imply that God created because of some sort of external pressure or uh, force compelled him to do so like God had to create. Or they might say that God needed humanity so he'd have somebody to love. Now I'm going to tell you something that might come as a shock to you, so just get ready. Almighty God, maker of heaven and earth, doesn't need me, and he doesn't need you. Did you catch that? God doesn't need us. God did not make us because he said, oh, my life incomplete until I make Jeff Braddock. He didn't do that. I don't add anything to God. And here's, here's, a, here's a secret. You don't either. Now, don't misunderstand. God is a God of love, and out of his great love, he redeemed us. But God didn't create all the magnificence in this universe. He didn't create people to fulfill something that was lacking in him. Because before creation, God was was perfect. He was complete. He experienced perfect fellowship within the Godhead. He had a perfect fellowship, perfect love between Father, Son, and Spirit. He was was content. He was self-contained. And because God is independent, His creative work was not to fulfill something that was deficient within Himself. In that same sermon on Mars Hill, in Acts 17, verses 24 and 25, Paul said, The God who made the world and all things in it, since He is the Lord of heaven and earth, does not dwell in temples made with us, nor is He served by human hands as though He needed anything, since He Himself gives to, to all people life and breath and all things. Listen, when you come to church... Sometimes we think, well, I'm doing God a favor because I'm going to go and I'm going to say, I'm going to sing the, the hymns. I'm going to sing the praise songs. I'm going to say amen when, when the pastor makes a good point. I'm, I'm going to give and, and I'm doing God a wild favor. Baloney. God doesn't need, I mean, what, what are we going to give God that's not His already anyhow? It all belongs to God. He owns the cattle on a thousand hills. Everything is God's already. And he doesn't need anyone or anything. Now, does he desire those things? Does he? Do we get to have fellowship with him? Absolutely. But it's not because God said, I am lacking in this area, therefore I need to make people. I am lacking in this area, therefore I need to make the universe. He is totally self-sufficient. He has a safety. He is in need of nothing from anyone or anything. We don't add to him and we don't detract from him. So the first thing that I want you to grab hold of is God existed before creation. The second thing is God created, but not because he needed something, but to display his glory. And number three, the fundamental truth is if anything exists, God exists. If anything exists, God exists. He necessarily, by necessity, exists. Now, throughout the years, I've come across different approaches to answer this question. Where did God come from? Who made God? And so forth. And there have been a couple that have stuck out to me. I'm going to share a couple of those. I wish they were original to me because I think they're great, but I didn't come up with any of them. The first one is is by an old preacher. He was he's preaching back in the in the 60s and 70s. Uh, a man by the name of S.M. Lockridge. And in one of his sermons, he was telling about a time when he was in Detroit or someplace, and and he had made the comment that God didn't come from anywhere. 
And, and, and the man came up to him after the service, he said, and said, Now, preacher, that's not reasonable. Let, let's be reasonable. And Lockridge said, All right. If you just want to be reasonable about it, the reason God came from nowhere is there wasn't anywhere for him to come from. And coming from nowhere, he stood on nothing. And the reason he stood on nothing was there was nowhere for him to stand. And standing on nothing, he reached out where there was nowhere to reach. And he caught something when there was nothing to catch. And he hung something on nothing and told us to stay there. And you'll find that in Job 26 and 7, that he hung this world on nothing. And standing on nothing, he took the hammer of his own will and struck the anvil of his omnipotence. And sparks flew therefrom. And he caught them on the tips of his fingers and flung them out into space and bedecked the heavens with stars. And nobody said a word. The reason nobody said anything was there wasn't anybody there to say anything. So God himself said, that's good. And I heard that. I thought, man, that's great. I wish I could come up with uh, just a, a, a great way to say things like that. Where did God come from? He didn't come from anywhere. He's always been. He existed before creation. The, the second thought that I, I want to share with you is from uh, the late Dr. R.C. Sproul. And, and if you're not familiar with Sproul, he was, a, he was just a brilliant man. He could take some of the most complex ideas and break them down so that a child could understand. And, and I heard him tell of a time when he had a conversation with a philosopher. And I don't mean a, like a high schooler that pontificates about things. I mean an actual trained professional philosopher. And that man asked R.C. Sproul if he could prove conclusively that God exists. And R.C. Sproul took off his shoe and said, Does this shoe exist? The man said, Yeah. He said, Then I can show you absolutely, conclusively, that God exists. Now, I've heard him expand this out and sometimes spend 30 or 40 minutes. I'm not going to give you all that. I'll give you the condensed version. I'll give you the abridged Cliff Notes version. But I would commend uh, that to you if, if you're ever uh, interested in So what he did, and I'd encourage you to jot these things down. <clears throat> He's talking to that philosopher. And what he did, I don't know if I can do this and get my shoe back on. He said, does this shoe exist? And the philosopher said, yeah, I, I believe that. I believe that shoe exists. And so he said, well... And I'm, this is this is the condensed version. If we have a shoe, there are only four possibilities that I can see. He said, the first is that it's an illusion, a figment of my imagination. That shoe doesn't really exist. And and if if you say that, well, then you have to ask, well, who's having the who's having the illusion? So that's off the table. I mean, the man had already agreed that 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 does exist. So possibility one, it's an illusion. Possibility two. It's an eternal shoe. His shoe is eternal. It's always existed. It has the power of life within itself. There's never been a day when his shoe didn't exist. It's always been there. It wasn't born. It wasn't made. It's a self-existent eternal shoe. Possibility three is that it created itself. One day he said, I was walking down the street barefoot and poof. My shoe created itself right on my foot. Now, of course, that is a logical, scientific impossibility. And the interesting thing is, if you listen to cosmologists, if you listen to, to scientists today, 
most of the time they they will say the the universe sprang into existence from what? Nothing. They'll say there was a big bang. Where what what happened? Nothing exploded into everything. And of course that's ridiculous because for something to make something, it has to exist to do that. It has to, it has to exist to do the work to make whatever it is. And so for this to happen, everything, the universe, whatever it is, has to both exist and not exist at the same time in the same relationship. That's ridiculous. Now think back to a time when there was nothing. There were no trees. There were no braddocks. There were no mosquitoes. There was no water. Think of a time when there was not even God. Just nothing. Think about that. Picture it in your mind. If there's ever been a time when there's nothing, what can there be today? Nothing. Because nothing always produces nothing. And the idea that the universe experienced self-creation supposes that the universe came into being out of nothing, by nothing, and through the power of nothing. So that's off the table as well. And possibility four is that this shoe was created by someone or something other than itself. Now that's the only rational, logical, scientific explanation. If there is ever a time when there was nothing, today there would still be nothing. If there is something today, that means there has to be someone or something that exists outside of what we have. Someone or something that has the power of existence in and of itself. Philosophers call this the great uncaused cause. Now, this is not Sproul, this is Jeff. You think about dominoes. See, he's, he's thinking way up here. I can, I can identify dominoes. I can understand dominoes. One of the things I used to like to do is I'd stand those dominoes up. And boy, I'd get a big line of them and I'd somehow I'd always bump the table and they'd all fall. But, but when I didn't, there's a big line of them. You think of those dominoes as representing things in life. This domino fell over because this one knocked it over, right? The effect is this one fell over. The cause is this one fell over and bumped into it. Every effect has a cause. But if you start at the end and start working backwards, does that line of dominoes go on forever? No. There has to be someone outside of the dominoes that... Knocks over the first one. That starts it all off. That he, he has to be an uncaused cause in that situation. Now, when you take it out to the universal level, we have all these causes and effects. If you go back, they can't go on forever. Because there has to be something that started the first domino falling. There has to be an uncaused cause outside of the system that started everything. And by necessity, the one that does it is not dependent on that which he creates. He has existence within himself. He has always been. Now, again, the domino stuff isn't sprawl. That's probably why it's of lower quality. But, again, if you want to hear a more detailed explanation that sprawl gives, uh, I would commend him to you. I would uh, I pass along his uh, link to that teaching and so forth. So the question is, who made God? And the answer to that is, Nobody. God has always been because he has life and existence within himself. 
He has, as, as theologians call it, aseity. He is independent. He doesn't need me, and he doesn't need you. He'll never age. He'll never get tired. He'll never get gray hair. He'll, he'll never change. He'll never lose his power. He'll never learn anything. He'll never have a deficiency whatsoever. Because God is infinite. Now we can look, listen to that and say, yeah, I agree with that. I want to start thinking about that. And, and if that boggles your mind, that that's the God that we serve, that's good because he's God. He is infinite and we're finite. We can understand these concepts, but we're never going to comprehend all that that means. We depend on him for every moment of our existence. Even the atheist who breathes God's air to curse God depends on God. He doesn't recognize that fact, but he does. From day to day, God's the same. He remains. And what a comfort that is that God is the same no matter what it is that we go through. Because our, our circumstances are very changeable. But God is the one who is steady. He's the rock. The same can't be said of us, though, is it? It wasn't too long ago that my my loving wife looked at me and was shocked because she thought I had something in my hair and realized it was just gray. You know, we look in the mirror, and you may look good for your age, but you don't do you don't look like you did in your high school senior pictures. None of us do. And we look at ourselves and we realize we deteriorate, we get old, we change. We, we, we lose our hair, we lose our hearing, we lose our sight, we, we, we have everything falls apart. No wonder the Bible says that our lives are but a vapor, or like a flower that fades, or grass that withers, and so forth. We are transient, but God is eternal. And one of these days, these fleeting lives that we live are going to be over. And on that day, when your life is over, you will stand before the eternal God. One of the things about God is that theologians say He is immutable. He is unchangeable, unchanging. Not only does God not change, His standards don't change. Sometimes people might say, well, you know, things, societal norms aren't the same today as they were 50 years ago or 100 years ago. Therefore, what God used to say was bad. Maybe he won't say it's so bad now when I get before him. But listen, what God said is bad is still bad. What God said is wrong is still wrong. It doesn't matter what society says. God hasn't changed. And when you stand before God, he, he said the only way that you can be made right with is through Jesus Christ. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. And it may be that, that even today, as, as you listen to me, you've never done that. You've never surrendered your life to God. If that's you, I call on you today to repent, to, to, to ask God to save you. Because the only way that you can go to heaven to, make, be, to be made right with God, to have your sins forgiven, is through Jesus Christ alone. Why don't you stand with me as musicians come and as you stand, as you bow your heads and close your eyes. And with nobody looking around, 
I just want you to consider what you've heard today. We ask the question as a child. We ask the question as an adult. Who made God? The answer is no one. He's always been. Now, can we comprehend that? No. Can we apprehend it? Yeah. We're never going to fully understand all that that entails. But just think, this is the God that loves us. That sent Jesus to die for sinners. The God who is in need of no one and no thing. The God who is unchanging. Who doesn't who doesn't have something added to him by the good things that we do, by the praise we sing, by the gifts that we give. And likewise, he doesn't have anything taken away when people spit in his face, as it were. God is always the same. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And as you pray, I, I would encourage you to consider those things to marvel at those things to thank God for those things that day by day he remains the same when your life is turned upside down he's the same when your life is going great he's the same that should also be a, a reason to fear if you don't know him in a personal way through Jesus Christ because the same God who said that he would send his son is the same God who said if you don't believe on the son you stand condemned already our heavenly father God I I thank you that day to day you still remain that the mountains may crumble the earth may pass away, but still you remain. Ageless, never lacking in strength, never changing, never getting old, never failing. And God, we thank you that we thank you that you have a saity. God, I ask you to help each of us as we uh, live our lives to be in recognition that we do depend on you. That we're not self-sufficient, we're not self-made, we depend on you for every breath that we breathe. And God, for that person who's maybe never accepted Christ as their Savior, I pray that you would draw them to yourself. To yourself. And God, I pray that you would convict them. And let them know that you stand in opposition to sin. And all that that means. We ask these things in Jesus' name.